Welcome back to the Eye on the Tigers podcast. I am Dave Matter, Mizzou beat writer for St. Louis Post-Dispatch and stltoday.com. Joined today remotely by Ben Fredrickson, Post-Dispatch columnist, who I believe is at George Steinbrenner Field, do I have that right, in Tampa, Florida, down covering spring training for the Cardinals. Uh, this is our SEC tournament, Mizzou basketball postseason preview edition. And uh, Ben is uh, on duty. And uh, we're going to talk some, he's already down in SEC country. I will be down there eventually this week in Nashville, but we're going to talk some Mizzou hoops, some SEC hoops, uh, take a stab at uh, kind of projecting, not projecting the uh, SEC tournament field, but just taking a little closer look at the field and who we think might be playing there on Sunday in the championship game. And then maybe even get into Missouri's NCAA tournament seating, where things, where the, the Tigers could land. Uh, a week from now when they are getting ready to play in the NCAA tournament. So Ben, looks like the, the sun is shining bright on you. It's awful weather in Missouri. So I hope you're enjoying what you got down there. Yeah, it's nice and warm here in Tampa, but kind of noisy for the sake of a podcast. So as you know, there are a lot of people who cover the Yankees. So the press box is pretty full. So I've tried to find, trying to find a place to record a college basketball podcast while at a baseball stadium that is, that is packed in the press box is interesting. I'm, I actually am in the car next to a tennis court that is adjacent to the stadium parking lot. So it's also kind of close to the airport. So if you hear planes or tennis or sounds of baseball, just give me uh, give me some grace here, podcast listeners. But uh, the uh, the the car is relatively quiet for now. So I think we'll be I think we'll be safe here, man, because we got a lot to get a lot to dig into with this. Uh, the, the finishing of the regular season for this basketball team. And if you're Dennis Gates or Desiree Reed Francois or the Mizzou basketball team, you're very, you have to be very excited with the way the regular season wrapped up. Missouri gets to head into the SEC tournament with, you know, uh, the confidence of being a, a well secured at large team, which is where you want to be. You don't want your hope and your, your NCAA tournament fate to hinge on how you play in your conference tournament. You want it to be a bonus, a sweetener. And that's the position Mizzou played itself into getting that double buy. They had winnable games at the end of their, at the end of their regular season, Dave, and they won them, which is exactly what you want to see for a team that should be entering, you know, postseason play with, with a good head of steam. So they're in a great spot and, and it's exciting. I will start though. I think we got to dig into kind of the snub of the of the week. Dennis Gates not named SEC Coach of the Year. You and I were talking about maybe could he be considered for a National Coach of the Year conversation. I know we've had some conversations like that. I, I wrote a column a while back saying this guy is has to be in the top three when you when you look at at the options, and that was before we knew what we knew about Nate Oates and this disaster on his hands at Alabama. There's no way they could have given that award to him. He, he absolutely was not deserving based off of what we found out. He didn't exactly lead his team through a crisis. He was involved in, in some of the messaging that got withheld about how bad that situation is. So he's out. I got no problem with Buzz Williams, Dave, but you can't tell me there are two co-coaching candidates of the year in this league and Dennis Gates isn't one of them. And I'm sorry, Jerry Stackhouse, the Vanderbilt has had an okay season, but but he's not deserving more than Gates. He's just not. Yeah, I, I didn't understand the co-coaches as voted by the SEC coaches. So we need to distinguish that. The, the coaches awards came out earlier in the week and coach of the year was a tie between Buzz Williams and Jerry Stackhouse. 
Um, they did not divulge the full voting. Uh, the AP team came out a day later. I am one of the voters on that. There's only 14 voters for each, 14 writers, media people on the AP, 14 coaches slash media relations people who actually fill out the ballot uh, for the coaches award. And I thought it was interesting that you know, Buzz Williams did win the AP honor, but they uh, released the voting and it was, I believe, Buzz with eight votes, uh, Dennis Gates with five, and then Nate Oates with one. Uh, so Jerry Stackhouse doesn't even get a single vote in the uh, AP honors. Now, Gates did win USA Today Network Coach of the Year. That's that's a voting done by writers at the uh, Gannett-owned papers. Uh, that's not really considered one of the, you know, core uh, main all SEC awards accolades, but whatever. Um, we're going to talk about the AP and the and the coaches team one, and uh, yeah, I, I I think he could have was a great candidate. I I voted for Gates. I wrote about it the other day. I kind of made the case why. No problem with Buzz Williams. I thought the job he did this year within the season, kind of overcoming a rough start for that team with some new transfers, and then just not dominating the SEC, but they came a game away from winning it, and they beat Alabama on the last day of the regular season and had a really impressive season so the thing I don't get is the voters and not just the coaches but the AP only one Missouri player gets any kind of accolades and that's Kobe Brown who's first team all SEC no second team guys no third team guys nobody on the all defensive team nobody on the all freshman team they only had one freshman but still so you're basically saying this team was Kobe Brown and that's it and you're not going to give credit to the coach for doing a great job despite not having any good players that's kind of how the voting, that's what the voting tells you. So um, I didn't, I didn't quite understand that. I did have Des Moines Hodge second team on my ballot. Um, was surprised he didn't get some recognition from the coaches, considering the, the coaches teams have like eight guys on first team, eight guys on second team. Um, but either way, Kobe Brown, well-deserved honor for him. Definitely was a first team guy. And uh, he also was the scholar athlete of the year. Not sure how they measure that exactly, but well-deserved for Kobe. Yeah, I'm happy for Kobe. I mean, this is a guy who represents what college basketball should celebrate and lift up. He stuck around. He got better every single year. He he stuck it out through a coaching change. Um, he's as he's the kind of guy that used to make people fall in love with college basketball teams, and now he's a he's an outlier. He's a unicorn. So to see the way he's grown and developed and and stayed true to Mizzou is is outstanding, and that's a story to celebrate for sure. Thought Hodge could have been on a second team at least. Had no problem with Hodge not appearing on the all-defense team. I know some Mizzou folks are up in arms about that, and he has a ton of steals. Get it? I get it. But if you've watched this team play, it's steal or bust with him. He's he's going to yeah. pick your pocket on the court, but he may not get in front of you or stop you if you drive past, and he doesn't create a turnover. So this Missouri team has a lot of strengths, but defense beyond poking the ball away and turning it into offense is not one of them. We've talked a lot about that this season. So that did not look like a big snub to me that he wasn't on the all defense team. thought it was more deserving that he's on would have been on the second team, but with the gate stuff, um, I, I, you nailed it. You and I were talking earlier and you said, Hey, what if, you know, these first year coaches didn't want to vote for him because they, that would look like, you know, look, make themselves look worse. And maybe there's some of that. I also do think that there are some more established coaches who kind of, are less likely to vote for the rookie coach. Right. So I, I think he probably he probably caught it both ways. And uh, the Stackhouse thing, look, Vanderbilt 
won one fewer game than it did last season. Uh, Missouri beat Vanderbilt head-to-head. Uh, Missouri has more quad one wins than Vanderbilt. The expectations for Missouri in year one of Gates were lower, should have been lower than what they were for Stackhouse in year four. And that's the big thing. Stackhouse didn't have an incredible year. Um, he had the kind of year that keeps you from getting fired. <laughs> that's right. not coach right. of the year worthy. That's what you're supposed to do in year four. So this idea that that Dennis Gates was not a was not a better coach of the year candidate than Stackhouse. Nobody who's paying attention is buying that. Um, we're, Tigers were picked to finish 11th. They are going to be a they have a double buy at the SEC tournament, one of the strongest leagues in college basketball. He clearly knew how to flip a roster and bring in guys that could compete. He overcame the adversity of of a of a chaotic season for Isaiah Mosley with as much you know aplomb as you could. I mean, you saw that senior night moment. It was it was impactful. And you know this this was a young man who's got some some stuff going on, and the team did not crater without him. It rallied around him. Um, man, the recruiting looks good. The crowds are great. Mizzou basketball has had a you know a, a renovation, a restoration, a revival, and it's like people. You know, you know, people noticed because they were playing this team. So I think there might have been some foul play involved here on both ends. I think he got some rookie slights and I think he got maybe some maybe some 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 stiff arms from his first year colleagues, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board with that theory, because if you remember a couple of weeks ago on social media, Florida made a big point to tweet out that Todd Golden, their first year coach was, I think, five and oh or six and oh, whatever it was against the other first year coaches. So that was, um, you know, that was a bullet point in, in Florida's marketing for their team and their new coach. So if one team is aware of that, how, how you're doing against the other first year coaches, you can bet the other ones were too. And uh, yeah, I, I, I don't doubt that at all. So maybe in year two, Dennis Gates will have a, a fair shot with his peers. Um, yeah. It doesn't take anything away from the season he's done, the impact that he's made locally, um, yeah, I thought that the telling thing was we met with a couple players on Tuesday, Nick Honor and Aiden Shaw. And of course, they were asked about the all SEC selections and Honor's face lit up. He's like, yeah, well, now we get a we got a little chip on our shoulders as we go down to Nashville because these guys were upset that their coach didn't get coach of the year. You don't always hear that from players, you know, and, and these guys really um, I, I heard internally too, players were really disappointed and 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 upset and motivated by it. So. Uh, we'll see. I don't know if that'll have any impact on the court, but um, if any motivation you can get this time of year, if you have to if you have to create it or not, uh, can work for you. So we'll see if it if it has any impact on the way this team plays when they finally tip off on Friday down in Nashville. Yeah. Also, I see how they play after so much time off. I, yeah. Man, I, I go back and forth with these conference tournaments. The part of me is is of the mindset that sometimes the best thing to do if you are a comfortably in NCAA tournament team is to get in and get out and not uh, not turn it into a massive grind. But the good thing is they don't have to play a ton of games because they got the double buy. And you don't want to you don't want to do anything but play your best basketball at this point of the year. But it's it's an interesting thing. And Missouri hasn't been here in a while where they can show up to the, uh, you know, the SEC tournament and feel like, their, their future is not going to be significantly impacted by it. I mean, right. I think they the projections have them at like, what, a seven-ish seed? Seven, eight, that, that range. Maybe, yeah, it might be a little on the high end. So 
maybe it's a difference between a seven, eight, and that could be big. I mean, you'd rather avoid an eight, nine, if you, if you, if you can, but uh, I'm curious to see kind of what this sec tournament means to this group. And not that they'll take it lightly, but everybody knows right now what the big prize is. And it's not, it's not going to be up for grabs in Nashville. I mean, you see it, you see it sometimes where you get surprise wins at the conference tournaments because the, the teams that are on that bubble have, have a little more motivation. All right. Well, let's, let's look at this bracket in Nashville. The tournament started Wednesday with the bottom four teams. That's those are the games Missouri is kind of accustomed to playing in, but they're, they're two days removed from the uh, opening day this year. Um, some interesting games, I, I think, and I wrote about this in, in Wednesday's paper, that's that, uh, that seven ten game of Auburn, Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas was a top 10 team preseason and Auburn is, has been, you know, always good top quarter of the uh, SEC, top third under Bruce Pearl almost every year. That's a good first round game. But who, looking at the at the at the field from top to bottom, um, who do you like as kind of your favorite? Who do you like as a team that could be dangerous? That that's not Alabama or Texas A&M, the top two seeds. Uh, I, I feel like nobody's really talking about Missouri as a four seed. I get a feeling some folks are going to get down to Nashville to covering this or fans and be like, wow, Missouri's a four seed. We're used to seeing them on day one as a 11 or 12. But uh, when you look at, at the field, who do you think will end up cutting down the nets in Nashville? And then who's a team to watch out for outside of those top two seeds? Well, maybe it's the same. Uh, it's the same team for both. Um, I think Kentucky is kind of becoming a little bit more scary. There's so much talk about, all the angst at Kentucky and, you know, the, the fans who brought the fire cow <laughs> signs yeah. to the rough this year, but they're kind of doing what Kentucky sometimes does where they start to play a little bit better toward the end of the season. So Tennessee was really easy to pick early in the year, but Ziegler out, that's a, that's a big blow. And this is the kind of year where, where you start to not trust Rick Barnes so much. And sometimes it can be the kind of year where you start to trust Cal more so I've kind of got Kentucky as my as my a little bit of my it sounds goofy to say as a sleeper but based on the season that they've had and the angst that has been there coming from the bluegrass I think Kentucky might be my pick what about you yeah you know I Alabama's they haven't been as dominant down the stretch you know they, they needed overtime to beat South Carolina they needed overtime to win at home again over Auburn and then they lose to A&M and you just got to wonder this Brandon Miller saga like is this becoming uh, not so much a distraction, but just there's going to be more attention. The bigger the stage for this team, the more spotlight there's going to be on that. And Nate Oates is going to have to answer the same questions he's been asked. Well, not really answering, but he'll he'll be having to address the same questions he's been hearing. Brandon Miller hasn't done interviews in a long time. You know, they have open locker rooms at the NCAA tournament. Um, I, they're going to at the SEC tournament after games. Um, as a top four seed, they won't have that practice day. But eventually that spotlight's going to continue to shine a little brighter. So you just wonder, you know, on the court, is that going to have any kind of impact? Now, if the seeds hold up, Alabama and Missouri would play on, on Saturday, as long as Missouri gets past Tennessee or whoever they're playing. Um, I do kind of like Missouri's chances to make a little bit of a run in Nashville, not wild about the matchup with Alabama, but remember um, Kobe Brown didn't play the first time. That's right. Not that, Missouri has more to play for than Alabama, but I just wonder with a new coach, 
they're kind of approaching this as a really big deal. I think it would be a huge deal for Missouri. This is a program that just hasn't tasted real tangible success in the SEC in a long time. Um, and especially in the conference tournament. So I wonder, you know, if, if what that matchup would look like. The other team I think is kind of dangerous down in the seedings is Arkansas. Now, they didn't play well down the stretch. They do have Nick Smith back, uh, the star freshman. Uh, they've got a really tough matchup with, with Auburn on Thursday. And then if the seeds hold up, they would play Texas A&M on Friday. Those are two really tough games. But, you know, Musselman's teams tend to play at their best at the end of the year, back-to-back Elite Eight appearances. This team is not nearly as good. But you know they'll have a huge fan following down there in Nashville, like Arkansas always does. They always travel great. Uh, so, I, you know, if you're looking for a bottom half of the bracket team to, to be wary of, I, I think Arkansas is a good candidate. Yeah, never, never bet against Must in a tournament setting. I'm, I'm gonna sell Alabama like you, and it's not. I mean, what, what we think of what has gone on there is irrelevant to how we think the team will play in the NCAA or SEC tournament. Right. But I do, and you've seen it. We've all seen it. How a story like this with baggage can start to weigh on a team as these things go on, and you start to get, you know, Alabama's done everything within its power to really limit the distraction of this and i'm not calling what happened a distraction i'm talking about the media coverage and they've really been insular and you don't get to do that at a at a conference tournament and you really don't get to do that at the ncaa tournament you know they've got players who are who know the nba is right around the corner i just wonder how this team finishes and and i'm not uh, i would not bet on them to finish well based off of what a what a chaotic season this has become and and i think that they've shown some some signs of that so um, that's kind of uh, I think that's a good read I, I never never entirely count out count out Auburn in, in something like this um, but uh, you know Mizzou is I think we'll know right away what kind of tournament run Mizzou's going to have I think if they go out and they like the way that the, the rim looks and their shots fall sometimes you don't know you go to a right you go to a place you haven't played and the shots don't fall and that's it but if they can start hitting threes and their confidence goes up then well, yeah they could they can make this thing a party and uh, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, if you had to pick a time to play Alabama, now's the time your Kobe did not play last time. Remember the last time he did play against Alabama, that was pre, you know, pre uh, sec first team Kobe Brown. And he put a 30 burger on him in right. Columbia. He gets fired up for these games and you know, he was ticked that he had to miss the last one. Yeah, absolutely. A, a couple of things too. Um, you know, Dennis Gates, coming from a one-bid league, he knows how to coach in these type of tournaments. Two years ago, Cleveland State won the Horizon League, and he went into that tournament knowing, okay, we have to win this tournament uh, to get to the NCAA tournament. You know, now, of course, he, does, he doesn't – he's got the luxury of – they're, they're going to be in regardless. But I just think having that muscle memory of being in the – winner go home environment just two years ago, maybe that helps him out with coaching and gives him a little bit of an edge. Also, and I'm writing about this this week, Missouri's four and one in rematch games this year. Uh, and, and Dennis has a pretty good record as a head coach facing a team for the second or third time. Now, whoever they end up playing Friday is going to be a rematch. Um, they played Ole Miss twice. They played South Carolina once and they've beaten Tennessee they're they're four and oh in those games they've beaten everybody that they could possibly play on Friday and his teams 
have done a good job. I don't know if it's just scouting, if it's game prep, if it's having a bunch of veteran players that can adjust quickly. Um, they've done pretty well in, in rematch games. The only rematch this year they lost was uh, the home game against Texas A&M, who swept them this year. And then uh, one other thing, and this is just purely anecdotal, I don't know if it's the last time he coached in Bridgestone Arena. It might have been. He might have been there since. But when Missouri lost to Florida State in the first round of the NCAA tournament in 2018, Florida State went on that run. Dennis Gates and C.Y. Young were on the other sideline with Florida State. And that Florida State team went on a run past Nashville. So maybe it's just a maybe he, he just has success there. And maybe it'll uh, rub off again in five years later back in the same building. That is the deep dive you're only going to get on the Eye on the Tigers podcast here at the uh, at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Dave is crunching all of the numbers. Here's my question to you, Dave. Okay, Mizzou's a seven-ish, eight seed now. How high can they climb if they make a miraculous run to win the SEC tournament? What? How high could their seed become on Selection Sunday? Well, one thing we've seen, if you and if you read the minutiae on the NCAA tournament selection process – they pretty much have the, the field set on Saturday. They'll tweak seedings a little bit based on the championship games, but not a whole lot. And it almost seems like for teams that are already in the field, the result of the Sunday championship games have been not very impactful. I mean, just ask Texas A&M last year when they made the run to the championship game and still didn't even make the, the NCAA tournament. Obviously, Missouri's in a different situation because A&M had to play their way in. Missouri's already in. Um, so I don't know. I mean, if they would make it to Sunday, is that the difference between a seven or a six? Uh, if they win Sunday, is that the difference between a seven, six, or a five? I don't know how much tweaking the, the committee would do. I would think the ceiling is probably around a six. Um, you know, right now they're in that eight, nine discussion, leaning more towards eight based on a lot of the projections, but they're going to get a bump from if they beat Tennessee for a second time, because the metrics and the, um, the net, all of those love Tennessee because of their body of work. They, go back and look at their, at the teams they beat in non-conference play, Texas, Kansas, uh, believe they beat Gonzaga. I mean, they, they loaded up early in the year. They have the win of one of the few wins over Alabama. Um, so that would be a really valuable asset for Missouri to beat Tennessee a second time. And then even a loss to Alabama won't, won't crush their, uh, their rankings, their net rankings, all those things, the Ken Palm stuff. Uh, so I, I get, I don't know, I guess they could move up to a six. I think you want to get out of that eight, nine game, uh, because even if you win that, then you're playing either UCLA or Purdue, um, Houston. I, I don't think they're going to be put in the same little bracket there with Kansas uh, because Kansas is going to be sent to Des Moines and you don't reward an eight seed uh, with proximity to home. That's going to almost cancel out the one seeds proximity to home advantage. So I, I just, I know Joe Lenardi's had them playing Kansas in the second round for, for weeks now, it seems, but I, it do, just doesn't seem very realistic. Talk about a test of how Gates would coach against a uh, coach. He's lost to the second time around. Um, that yeah. would be a that would sure. be compelling theater after the Tigers got stomped out there by Kansas, and in some ways that that loss, I think, kind of changed the changed the trajectory of their season a little bit. I think it left yeah. a very sour taste, and I think those guys were kind of like got woken up by a, a cold ice bath, and all of a sudden we saw a different team after that to a large degree. Um, I'll say this, and and I don't know if we'll do another podcast before this team plays an NCAA tournament game. Hopefully, so. 
Um, and hopefully we're, we're, we'll do one predicting and we should really do one breaking down the, you know, their, their NCAA tournament path sure. once we know what it looks like. But in case we don't, I'll say this, I, I think this team's going to win at least in, in one NCAA tournament game. Um, I, I think it's time. I think that they're built to, to do that. And people might say, well, that's a big, bold prediction, but you got to remember, I mean, this team has not won an NCAA tournament game since Mike Anderson was the coach. Right. Um, this team has not won an NCAA tournament game since I was in college, <laughs> which I'm getting old, Dave. Uh, I'm getting old quick. I got gray hair looking in the rear view mirror of this rental car. Um, they're coming in. So it would be a remarkable accomplishment. And I won't be a phony. I would have said this was a successful season as if, if this team made the NIT. So, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, to underestimate this team now. I've learned better. So, I, I think that for some teams, the idea of making a long conference run is almost like a burden when you think about the NCAA tournament chances. I think for this team, I don't know that they're going to run out of energy. Right. Um, and, and, and the more confident they can, confidence they can build, the better. And you know, you just want to see them playing well because we've seen if they if they jump on a team, they can they can beat anybody. Um, where their trouble is is if they don't kind of establish that 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 offensive flow early in the game, but. If the if the if the steals are happening and the threes are falling, they're a dangerous team. And we I wrote that when they when they you know ran Illinois off the court, and it and it's still true here. You know they did the same thing to Iowa State. They have they have beaten good teams and they have not lost to bad ones. Um, it's the time of the year where there aren't any bad teams, um, and and that's going to be the test now is can they consistently play well against teams that deserve to be there and they've earned that chance to prove it. So I hate to be like, Hey, this is a great season, even as the best part of the season is starting, but to sit here and say like, it's not a successful, amazing season. If they don't do X, Y, and Z, they, it's been an incredible season. Um, and, and they, they now get to play with some of that house money of like, yeah, nobody thought they were going to be in this position. Um, and they get to decide if they want to be happy with that or, or push towards something more. Knowing Gates and the way his players think, I think they're going to want to push towards something more, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he talked this week about how this season is a failure because they didn't win the SEC. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's just that's just how he kind of views things. I, he wants to keep his players hungry. Not only right. would this be Missouri's first NCAA tournament win if they get one in, in since the Mike Anderson years, no player on this team has won an NCAA tournament game. Kobe Brown, 0-1. Yeah. Uh, Hodge and Gomillion were, were part of Dennis's team that lost in the first round. and. Nick Honor was on a Clemson team that I think they lost to Rutgers in the first round. So, and Dennis has never won one as a head coach. Obviously he's been a part of a bunch of wins under Leonard Hamilton at, at, Flor at Florida state. But uh, so yeah, this would be breaking new ground, but that's what college basketball is. Now you got a whole bunch of first times because so many players and coaches are on uh, in new programs and there's so much movement. And uh, I think they could end up being, you know, one of those kind of, I wouldn't say feel good stories because they're not coming out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, I, I think the, the more we talk about them, this being some kind of Cinderella season gives less credit to, I think, the, the job that Conzo Martin did getting Missouri to two NCAA tournaments in five years. Right. Uh, you know, they, Dennis did not, you know, replace Kim Anderson. He, he replaced Conzo and the program was on solid footing and just coming off of a bad year. Um, but he has taken it to new heights, no doubt, winning 23 games, getting this double bye, and just, you know, building a different kind of um just a, a getting back to it's march and fans are wondering about seatings they're excited 
trying to plan trips, asking predictions. Where's it going to be? Is it going to be Des Moines? Is it going to be Sacramento? Is it going to be Albany? Is it going to be Orlando? Uh, we'll find out soon enough. Um, Des Moines would be nice as far as the travel budget goes, but I've got a feeling it's going to be somewhere a little further than that. So we'll know soon enough. Yeah, and it's exciting and it's fun to be have Mizzou fans be excited about March, which is great. And they 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 don't they're kind of lost some of that uh, some of that. Well, you know, it's just going to be another 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 show and go right. tournament. I, mean, I think Mizzou fans they naturally build themselves up for disappointment because it's like their defense mechanism. But right. this this does feel. This does feel a little different because the team is playing well entering the tournament. And um, I'm glad you mentioned Konzo. I can tell people this, like there's not anybody in the world happier for what Kobe has done this year than Konzo. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have a, a bitter bone in his body about his players. And he's, he was, he thought Kobe made the right call sticking at Mizzou. And I think he's, I think he's certainly proud of, of what Kobe's accomplished and happy for him because, you know, Konzo helped Kobe develop every single year. And then Gates was a, uh, the one who got him to stay and then implemented a style where he's really thrived. So sometimes it takes, sometimes that can, can lead to a really impressive player when they're able to play in multiple systems and they seem to find one that fits and it matches up with the confidence and the development. So that would be the best part about seeing this team win a tournament game and no, no disrespect to Gates who hopefully, you know, Mizzou fans will keep around for a long time and they might have to do that sooner <laughs> rather than later. Right. But right. how this offseason shakes out, that's a podcast for another time, but Kobe getting that before he leaves after all he's stuck around for at Mizzou would be pretty special. Yeah. How about this really quick Two possible. Okay. If Missouri is an eight seed and if you're a Mizzou fan listening to this, you're hoping it's not the case. What if they're shipped out to Sacramento and they're in UCLA's bracket, UCLA is the one seed, maybe revenge for That's... Ty Dedney in the second round, UCLA. Man, man, I don't know, because I was going to think, I was thinking really hard about picking Arizona to win it all. And I watched UCLA just tune them up the other night. So. Yeah. They're so much better defensively. And then, how about they this? That point guard, they got that point guard who's been in college like six years. And almost signed with Missouri. Yeah. I know. Time. It's like I feel like I was covering that kid's recruitment at Tennessee like a decade ago. It's I, how is he still playing? Um, COVID. Everybody gets multiple right. years. One other possibility. What about Missouri's an eight seed in the same bracket as Purdue? We know who goes to Purdue games. One Conzo Martin because his son Chase is on the team. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you know the the CBS or uh, TNT cameras would would. Be oh my God! Him and imagine he, he would have to come in disguise so that he would not be on camera because he would not want to be the uh, the focus of the attention there. But that would. Conzo, how do you feel about this matchup? He'd say, "Oh man, man." <laughs> that would be yeah. a fun storyline, but I don't know that they want to play that big man. I mean, Purdue's got the one thing mm -hmm. that. Uh, that Missouri cannot stop this year, and it's an effective and dynamic big. And if they meet up against a team that has that in the tournament, they're going to be in trouble quick because that is a hole in their game. And it's something that Gates will, of course, try to address through recruiting. But they don't have a they don't have an answer for a big guy who can do a bunch of different things. Yep, and that is uh, we are getting way ahead of ourselves with these uh, okay. first All right. matchups. Tournaments to cover before that. Keep our eye on the ball. You're going to be in drive in Nashville to make. Yeah, man. You're going to be there with tons of coverage at stltoday.com. I'm down here in Florida with tons of coverage of the Cardinals for stltoday.com. And just a quick plug, I mean, subscribers, thank you because you guys make these trips possible and we wouldn't be able to travel 
to cover all this stuff, you know, with reporters on the ground at these spots, if we didn't have people subscribing, um, whether it's to the paper or online to stltoday.com. So thank you guys for doing that. And thank you for being a part of this podcast and making it possible too. So I got to get going, man. I got to go transcribe a Harrison Bader interview. It's weird to see Harrison Bader uh, hitting sixth for the Yankees in a game down here, but uh, I'll ask him who he thinks, uh, who he thinks, you know, will uh, will win the NCAA tournament. Baseball players would never ever get in on 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 tournament action. Never. That's totally against the rules, Dave. Oh, of course. Are there any SEC guys on Missouri's or not Missouri? The Cardinals roster. I'm trying to think. Used to have Lance Lynn from Ole Miss. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there there aren't a, there aren't many guys who are just like out and out. Adam Wainwright, huge Georgia guy, more yeah. football than basketball. Yeah. Um, you used to have a lot of uh, a lot Bader of the- from Matt Carpenter, big TCU guy. Um, so he would always get fired up. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, you got Jack Flaherty. He's more of a Cali UCLA um, kind of fan. Um, you've got some guys, you got Jordan Hicks, who's a huge Houston fan. Cause that's, you know, that's where he's right. from. And obviously they're, they're a great team. So he's kind of got, what well, got a new strut. Um, Dakota Hudson, Mississippi state oh, has right. been talking, has been talking much about them <laughs> this year. Yeah. Um, and there's Vandy guys all across, all across right. baseball, but they don't, they don't, they don't talk much smack about, uh, about uh, basketball. But David now they can. I mean, they got the coach of the year. There you go. David Eckstein went to Florida. Is he still on the Cardinals? David Eckstein? No, he's just the password that the Cardinals employees use, and then oh. it gets taken by the Astros. It's a whole thing. I don't know if you've read anything about Cardinal it. Cardinal games are blocked out in Columbia, so I don't know who plays for the yeah. team. Yeah, you really haven't watched the game in a while, have you? <laughs> I'm joking. I read every word you guys write. You guys are amazing. <laughs> hey, man, travel safe to uh, Nashville and uh, Rocket, and we'll, we'll see you up. I don't know when I'll see you in person, but it might be a while. But uh, we'll do a pot. Let's do another podcast once we know how things shake out for the uh, for March Madness. Sounds good. All right, brother. Talk to you soon.